positive results, then we might see changes elsewhere along the line. But the cynical people amongst China watchers uh, would say, and probably with some justification, that it's easy to separate something from the government on paper and in theory in China, but in practice, uh, it's very difficult indeed to remove any organisation uh, completely from government influence and, and control. I guess if you were starting from scratch um, in a country uh, to try and turn that country into uh, world beaters in football, you might say, well, it would be good to have uh, a growing economy and an absolutely vast population. Well, China ticks both those boxes, but what is potentially standing in the way of it becoming a world beater in football? There's an interesting dichotomy in China between the football-watching culture and the football-playing culture. And the stadiums now in China are pretty full. The average crowd in the Chinese Super League is around 23,000, which I believe is around about the same as uh, Serie A in Italy. If you look at the amount of people who play the sport, it's very much less. And the reasons for that are mainly because... In China, there's not a strong kind of social security system. Um, parents really rely on their kids to do well at school, get ahead, get a good, jo- a good place at university, get a good job, earn a lot of money, um, pay for their parents, took a look after their parents as they age, and the cycle continues. Um, so you, you'll find that in the evenings, a lot of Chinese kids are uh, they've got their heads stuck in books and they're doing homework. Uh, this is how it is in China, and there's just not a kind of desire to let kids play football for the most part. Is corruption still uh, an issue? The nature of corruption in Chinese football has changed quite subtly. It was uh, very much a real problem 10, 15 years ago. Or at least there was a series of games which were very openly fixed. But a few years ago, after a very long investigation which seemed to last a decade or so, there was basically people put in jail 10 years after the act. Um, and there were punishments given out to clubs who were involved in that. But there's a kind of institutionalised corruption in terms of the way transfers are done. There's like a turnover rate of about 90% of players who come to China, they stay for one season, then they left. And the reason is that there's people who are signing players for their own personal financial gain from the deal and not players which are most suitable for the club from a football perspective. Cameron, I've just got to ask you one further question. I mean, you very fairly and journalistically pointed out all the problems that China faces in its ambition. But what has Chinese football got to recommend it? The best thing about Chinese football is quite simply the fan culture. When you look at the people who follow China, uh, the people who follow Chinese football, they're a very interesting group of people uh, because China is a very um, conformist society. And in the mainstream of Chinese society, not so much now, but certainly a few years ago, Chinese football was looked upon with derision and it was seen as something to be laughed at and pitied. There was nevertheless, there was fairly healthy fan bases still followed the game despite all these things. And in China, it takes a certain type of person to stand up to that and just say, well, I don't care what the guy in the street says. I love my team and I want to continue with that. And this kind of manifests itself in a really kind of colourful fan culture in their songs, their chants, and also they're very open uh, to foreign fans. Quite a few times I've experienced uh, Japanese and Chinese fans of, of different clubs getting together. For example, when the Arawa Reds from Japan came to play Shanghai Shenhua in the Asian Champions League, these fans host each other and have dinner together. And you would very, very rarely see 
any Chinese and Japanese people voluntarily uh, socializing together unless it was uh, for, for business or something like that. So you, you kind of get to touch the cutting edge of Chinese society. And if you look at the, the Chinese fans and the people who are like the hardcore fans and have supported the Chinese football through all its difficulties, you can get a glimpse into the future of China and the direction that Chinese society is, is going in. Cameron Wilson, founder of the website Wild East Football, enthusing to me from Shanghai about Chinese football fan culture. Perhaps the national clubs will have something to teach the national team. I realise my experience is limited, but one of the most soul-sapping experiences of my life was to be trapped on a treadmill in Beijing two years ago with nothing to watch other than the first 45 minutes of a friendly between China and Kuwait. It was the most dispiriting three-quarters of an hour of football I'd ever witnessed. So, has it ever worked for a country to design footballing...